Hey, we're beginning a new series in the book of Joshua, and I've titled it The New Normal. New Normal. And I want to say that um, I think we need the process, life moving forward through the new normal. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Watch. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Watch. The old, the old normal, okay, pass away, and behold, the new normal has come. So when we're looking at the book of Joshua over the next few months here, what we're going to do is we're going to look at it through the eyes of what's the new normal that God wants to download into our lives. So the title of the message this morning is God's New Normal for Facing Challenging Times. How to Face uh, Challenging Times. So if you could stand to your feet, if you're able to be encouraged by the reading of Scripture, we're going to be reading Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. We're going to read the Bible today. We're going to explain the Bible and apply the Bible. So awesome. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. I'll read the, the odd verses, and you will read the even verses 2, 4, 6, and 8. Are you ready? That was borderline pathetic. Are you ready? Okay. I want to hear you loud. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said... And I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You may be seated. Father, thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I pray that you would speak to us this morning from your word, that it would come alive in our hearts. Uh, we would actually have a sense that we're hearing the very voice of God through the Word of God. We pray that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. So how many people know that life is full of transitions? Come on, life's full of transitions, difficult, arduous, tumultuous transitions, and then the easier transitions. There are those transitions that are challenging, they're disrupting, they're daunting, they're disorienting, they're scary. Maybe you're a student at the university, college, and you're progressing through your college years. That can be sometimes a transition that is difficult. And then, you, then you're going to graduate. That's another transition. So some people f experience financial transitions or setbacks. Others, the loss of a job. Maybe a serious illness or an accident. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe a spouse. Maybe you're a widow or a widower. Maybe it's your marriage that you've lost or a relationship. But transitions sometimes even happen like when you want to serve God and transitions in ministry. So today we're going to look at Joshua through the lens of a new normal, how to handle circumstances or life-challenging transitions. So in this passage here, there are four keys. There are four keys on how to handle transitions, 
how to handle challenging circumstances. And if you're new to church, you're watching online, you will see, you will see the benefits of being a Christ follower with respect to handling transitions. There are four points in terms of the outline. The first is this. Do we recognize that God has a plan? God has a purpose in our transitions. God has a promise that's related to your transition. Thirdly, how does God's presence anchor us during transitions? And lastly, how does the power of God's word hold us in times of transition? Let's look at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said. So our context is this. Our context is that the opening verses of Joshua here describe a nation that really is in turmoil and is a turning point in a, in a rough patch because Moses, the legendary, famous, towering central figure of the Bible is now dead. And there's like this uncertainty among the people, apprehension, a, a sense of hopelessness is pervading through the nation because Moses, the great servant of God, is now dead. I want to point to you here what the Bible points out that says the Lord's servant. Of all the things that could describe Moses, we're going to do that in just a moment, how he's introduced is the Lord's servant. What a great distinction of Moses' life, friends. And there's really no greater words that could describe you. At the end of your life, that's what you want written over your life, the Lord's servant. And so Moses is called that. And then Joshua, on the other hand, he is Moses' assistant. So for 40 years, 40 years, behind the scenes, there's Joshua observing, studying, mentoring, being coached by the great Moses. So Joshua learned to become a leader by watching Moses and so serving under Moses. He was walking in the footsteps of Moses for 40 years. God was preparing him ultimately then to lead a nation. So Joshua was in fact watch being discipled by Moses one-on-one -on -one with zero recorded complaints. Come on, somebody. Zero complaints. I'm just saying. So Joshua's story then is first, he's a servant of God. Because he watched Moses, servant of God, and then after he learned the lessons for 40 years, then he becomes God's general to lead a nation. What a story. A story that many of us may have a same track that you observe, you're mentored, you're tutored, you have a season of following other leaders, and then the time comes where God says, okay, now you're it. So we see that Joshua is prepared and shaped for service, watch, in the small things, behind the scenes, no one's looking, you know, the cameras are not rolling, there's just Joshua faithfully 40 years serving Moses. Now watch. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, after 30 days, why would God so state the obvious? Moses, my servant, is dead. Like, duh, we all know that. Joshua now, to him comes the divine summons. Watch. Therefore, the time has come for you, Joshua, to lead these people. Moses is dead. 
Now it's you, the Israelites, and here's the daunting, overwhelming circumstances that you're facing in this transition across the rising, treacherous, dangerous, 100 feet deep Jordan River at the worst time to the land that I'm going to give you, a land then where you're going to have to face uh, Jericho with the walled city of Jericho, more daunting circumstances, and then you're going to get the giants in the land in the interior of Canaan. More on that in a minute. Moses, my servant, is dead. The books are closed. End of story. The last chapter has been penned. Moses, my servant, is dead, but the purpose of God is very much alive. Come on, somebody. Leaders come and go. God buries one leader, but carries on his work. So the point is this. When you face times of transition, you need to realize this. Remember that God always has a purpose. God has a plan. Moses is out. Joshua is in. See, Moses has just died in the middle of this. God is there uh, commissioning, preparing, equipping, training a new leader, a new leader to embrace a new day with all of the accompanying pressures and promises and possibilities. And on one hand, you think like, Moses is dead. There must be a leadership vacuum. But what we don't know is God was working behind the scenes. See, in every tumultuous uh, experience of your life, you got to realize God's got a plan. God's got a purpose for that. And so it seems like a leadership problem. On the surface, no problem for God. God is not out of options. God is not stuck. God has a plan. God's plan didn't die with Moses. See, God there has been crafting a new leader. Joshua is God's man. And so God just looks to his bullpen and says, yep, Joshua, come up. It's time for you. I want you, Joshua, to pick up the mantle of leadership, and I want you to lead the people forward. I want you, Joshua, to rewrite history. And here's the point. God is saying, the big point, God is saying, hey, it's not enough for the children of Israel to have escaped Egypt. That speaks of us how we escaped our Egypt and our uh, land of darkness and sin. Escaped that. But then there's more. Then there's entering into a promised land. In other words, the fullness of what God has for you. And so they enter the promised land on the basis of God's promise. And watch. Here it is. Watch. Look at the screen. Everywhere your foot, this is to the people. To Joshua, look at that. Everywhere your foot will tread, I'm going to give you the land. So he's lacking confidence, but I'm telling you, things like that are beginning to stir and boost his confidence. But watch, everywhere your foot, not just Joshua, that's plural in Hebrew, meaning all of your feet. All of you are going to have to get up, not sitting on your hands. All of you are going to have to, as God's people, move in to the promised land. God gave them the land, but watch, they had to, all of their feet had to move in to possess the land. There'd be all kinds of challenges in the land. So God looks then to Moses, and Moses is just a spring chicken, 80 to 85 years old, somebody. Come on. But I want to point out to you, because as I was reading this, I felt like, I felt like God was speaking to me all the kids here today in your 50s and 60s and 70s, come on, Moses is 80 to 85. That makes you all kids there. Watch. He's ready to do his finest work through, Mo, through Joshua that's 80 to 85 years old. As I read that, I thought, 
how about us and how about me? Could it be that God wants to do his best work through you? Come on, somebody, that you're in your 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s, because you know what happens in American culture? You begin to pull, punch out. See, people go into retirement, and that's all fine and good and part of culture, but is it really part of God's culture? He's not retired. He's not punching out. He's like rising up to be God's man and God's leader here. So Joshua faced challenges. And friends, we'll always face challenges uh, that we're going to bump into in times of transition. So how are they going to get across the swollen Jordan River? It's daunting, friends, because uh, it's such a challenge, so great. It's at flood stage, 100 feet deep, insurmountable obstacle, impossible type of situation. And God chooses this particular time. God chooses the flood season, the worst time ever to cross over into the Jordan. Then they get to Jordan. Now you have the high, high walls of the city of Jericho. And then you've got giants in the land. Friends, I'm not signing up for this job description, are you? Like, I don't want anything to do with that. And so it's scary stuff. Scary stuff, time of transition here. And it's daunting what God is calling him to do. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like hitting the eject button. But watch, God speaks these words. Watch, verse 3. Everybody look at the screen. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever your feet, your, your, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I've given you. So here is the sovereign divine promise to encourage Joshua. Now watch, what's the, where's the emphasis? Is the emphasis on Joshua? Is the emphasis on God's people? Now watch, watch. I promise you what? I promise Moses. This is about me, Joshua. This is not about you. This is all about me, my power, my strength, my agenda, my plan, my resources. It's about me. What I promise you, and here it is. Wherever you set foot, you're going to be on land. I again, not the greatness of Joshua or Moses. This is the greatness of God that I have given to you. Now, would you agree that verse 4 says, from the Negev to the Lebanon mountains, Euphrates, Mediterranean, that's a lot of land, okay? That's the bottom line. How intimidating would that be? You're thinking about, what the heck? I got to like, I'm responsible for all of that to possess all of that land. It's like a ridiculous amount of land. So God gives a promise to the new leader, watch, at a time of transition, watch, while they're still in the wilderness, they're leaderless, easy prey to the enemy, without an acre of land to their name. Now we notice God says, yeah, I want you to take it, to live in it, and not just look at it. Verse 5, no one's going to be able to stand against you as long as you live. Now, when you have the divine summons there saying that, that's kind of building some confidence in, in Joshua. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I'll not fail or leave you or abandon or forsake you. We look at this verse here, something emerges, and what is that? In times of transitions, hard circumstances, there's the promise of God. As I was with, how am I going to do this? Got the giants, got the walled city, got the Jordan, got 200, 2 million people. Don't know the heck of what they're doing. So how am I going to do this? As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And so he's encouraging Joshua. He's reassuring Joshua. He's saying this, Joshua, no enemy formed against you. 
going to prosper. I'm assuring you victory. You're going to win, baby, all day long. This is how I see it. This is how I filter, okay? It's a Rod Collins version. You're going to win, baby, all day long. You're going to win. Like, yeah, that's right. I'm going to win. So I'll be with you. And watch, I'll be for you as I was with Moses. I'm not going to fail you. In other words, I literally, the original language, my support will never slacken. My support in this transition will never slacken. I got your back, Joshua. I will not forsake you. In other words, I won't leave you. I won't depart from you. I won't abandon you. Literally, in the original Hebrew language, I will never cease from being your God. How's that, somebody? So it says, yeah, as I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. That is the former administration, the old leader. That was yesterday. So shall I be with you. The new administration, Joshua, the new leader of tomorrow. So what does God do? He bridges the past and the future, the old and the new. And he says, yeah, but I've got a new instrument in Mr. Joshua here. And it's a new day in Israel. And it's a new challenge because, man, the Jordan River is swelling. But I got new leadership. I had a new leader. It's a new generation. The old one has died off. And I'm going to write a new chapter in Israel's history. Yet Joshua is facing immensely intimidating circumstances. So how many people think that you could just collapse under the weight of that? I mean, that's, that's a lot. Two million people, it's all on you. All that land, all on you. So he's brand new. He's inexperienced. Joshua's following the great Moses, the great leader. He's not only just a leader, he's like, he's a legend. He's like the goat, the greatest of all time. You know what I'm talking about, right? Goat, you've heard that phrase? Okay, there's probably not, maybe there's not enough sports fans in the house, and I'll forgive you for that. I'll forgive you for that. But y'all know what goat means, right? The greatest of all time? Yeah, okay, good. Thank you. So, goat, this is what it means for you, for sports people. You heard of John Wooden? It's okay, you don't have to raise your hand. But if you know, okay, John Wooden, okay, three in the back, it's awesome. So I'm really connecting this morning. I'm just connecting with the crowd. So, John Wooden. 10 NCAA championships, nine in a row, undefeated seasons, unequivocally considered the greatest coach of all time. Okay, so what would it be like to follow John Wooden after 10 NCAA championships? Unprecedented, unparalleled, no one like him. Okay, you want a newer example? The great Lou Saban, Alabama, Crimson Tide. Considered the greatest, the goat, the greatest of all time. Okay, so enough with that. That's like following those guys is what, it, what I'm saying here. That's what like, what would it be following those guys? You'd think, man, that's scary. Like, that's impossible. Like Joshua is beat before he starts. How, how do you measure up to the magnificence of Moses, the greatest of all time? I mean, Moses, like the emancipator, the, the deliverer from the cruel bondage of Egypt. I mean, Moses, the mouthpiece for God, the prophet of God. There, Moses, who, who's the miracle worker. God splits the Red Sea through Moses. Moses, who received the Ten Commandments. Moses, who spoke for God, who met with God face to face, the great lawgiver. How terrifying, friends, to follow a legend like that. 
And that's Joshua. That's what Joshua's signing up for. Joshua's saying to himself, I'm not like, I'm not Moses. I'm just me. I'm just Joshua. You can hear Joshua kind of saying to himself, how do I carry on Moses' legacy? This has got failure written on every side of it. And friends, all that to say this, Joshua is just like us. When, we, when we're struggling through life's transitions and daunting circumstances, Joshua is feeling, I am just me. And this is bigger than me. And how easy would it be for Joshua or for us to look back at the past and Moses and look around at the enormity of the overwhelming challenge and then to do this is what we do. And then to look down at yourself and how easy we can identify with this, look down and say, you know what? I just don't have what it takes. This is bigger than college, coaching, the next season. I don't have what it takes. The loss of a, south, of a spouse, I don't, have, I don't have what it takes to survive that. The family drama, health crisis, accidents, financial crash, whatever it is, ministry, I don't have what it takes. That's where Joshua was at. How often are we ready to, re to conclude with his words, I do not have what it takes. I want to go into ministry. I want to serve God. I, the reality is, I don't really know if I have what it takes. And so, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. As I was with Moses, the old leader, that got us this far, Joshua, but yet I, I shall be with you, the, the new leader, and I expect greater things of you than Moses, and you're going to lead people in the promised land. I expect more out of you, Joshua. Joshua says, you know, I can do this because God is with me. God is saying, yeah, you can. But Joshua says, but I'm not Moses. God is saying, I don't need you to be Moses. I just need you to be you. I need you to be Joshua, my new leader. I don't need you to be a copy of Moses, but I, need, I do need you to fully trust wholly the God of Moses. I do need you to learn everything you can, good and bad, from Moses. But Joshua... I'm not calling you to follow an icon. I'm following you, calling you to follow Yahweh, God. And though Joshua mentions, watch friends, 57 times he pays respect and honor to Moses. But Joshua is going to do something Moses never did. He's going to lead the people into the promised land. And friends, if you're a Christ follower... Or you're a person uh, maybe of leaning into faith. Remember, I want you to remember this. I want to pause and I want to speak to you. Remember this. Is it all of you individually, uniquely gifted and called? And I think it's important for us to grasp this. Because we, we're just like Joshua. Look at the people around us. Man, they're better at whatever than we are. We look at culture and all the daunting circumstances, and then we look within and think, yeah, I just don't have what it takes. All that to say this, friends, you just be the best you for God. Not somebody else. You be your best self in Jesus Christ by the grace of God. 
See, conformity to Jesus Christ is not conformity, Joshua, to like to Moses. It's not conformity okay, to the person that is helping you, but to conform to Jesus Christ himself. So if we take this verse, as I was to Moses, so shall I be to you, and we strip the characters and the names away, what are we left with? We're left with this. As I was, so shall I be. That's what you need to know for the journey. That's what we need to know for the journey. God is fixed. God is the same. God will never cease to be who he is. Unto him who was and is and is to be. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in times of uncertainty, we just need to fix our focus on a sovereign and an unchanging God. I mean, how many people know what I'm talking about? Like, things change so fast every day. It's like it's mind-boggling. Your head's spinning every day. What do you do? You fix your focus on a sovereign and an unchanging God. So we worship a God we can count on. Friends, we have the promised presence of God that never changes in the midst of our, un- of our constantly changing situations. And so in every circumstance of life we face, remember what? We have the promised presence of God. How many people think that Joshua had a fresh sigh of relief when he heard these words? As I am with Moses, so shall I be with you. See, from God's perspective, new leadership was required to take God's people from what? Ultimately a failed past. 40 years was an 11-day trip. 40 years of failure. Now I'm raising up a young, a, a young leader, an old man, but a young leader, okay, uh, that's going to lead you into a, a, a better past. Uh, what kind of leader? Three times. Be strong and of good courage. Well, one of strength, one of courage, one is fresh, bold, audacious, unafraid, commanding, courageous leader. That's what God wants to raise up. Why? Because Joshua is going to have to pump up a new generation of people to tell them to go forward past a failed past into a better future. It's never easy to cross between those two places. And so here we are, and we read it uh, in a little different way. As I was, again, put that out there. As I was, friends, I'm going to milk this for everything I can, so just get used to it. So, but it's good. It's all new, and it's all good. Watch. As I was with Moses... So shall I be with you. And you read that and you go, yeah, I get it. Yeah, like I get it. So uh, as you accompanied Moses, you're accompanying Joshua. The accompaniment is going to continue. Yeah, that's what it means, but it means more than that. It means more than that. It means literally, as I was for Moses and with Moses, I will be for you, Joshua, and with you. See, it's one thing for us to be hanging out and be with each other. It's a whole other thing when somebody has ferociously got your back and they're for you. You know what I mean? You got people that they're not for you. That maybe they're your friends, your acquaintances, but they're not for you. This is saying, look, God is for you. You may remember and Moses was picked on the backside of the desert. And God said, hey, I'm going to send you to the, to the Pharaoh. You're my man. You're going to free my people. And Moses is like, yeah, I don't think so. 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm not up for that assignment. And, uh, and so uh, I can't speak, pick somebody else. And all the excuses are coming out, like when God picks us, but that's another, another message for another time. Even so, so I want you to go, no, the people are, you know, I murdered that guy, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to cause trouble, and I killed the slave master. And God says, you know what, Moses? And Because he says, who should I say is telling, telling me to go? And God says, tell them, I am that I am. And God chooses a title to uh, describe himself that is an incomplete sentence. Who would ever do that? Who would ever say, yeah, I am that I am? I mean, I am that I am. No, we would say, I am nice. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm loving. I'm kind. I'm fill in the blank. God describes himself on purpose in an incomplete sentence. I am that I am. And Exodus 3.14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And then he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. What is all that I am stuff talking about? See, Moses had to recognize, and God wanted to assure Moses and Israel that God would become everything that they would need. I'm for you. I am that I am that he could finish the work God called him to do. So, this speaks of I am that I am. It speaks of the eternal, everlasting God. He ever exists, he always is, unto him who was and is and is to come, the all-sufficient one, the all-existent one, the becoming one, literally, the becoming one. I will be, another way to translate it, I will be what I will be. You're in darkness, I will be the light. You're hungry, I'm the bread of life. You're searching, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You're lost, I am the way. You're thirsty, I am the water of life. You're in need, I am the great shepherd. God will always be Moses, Joshua, what you need him to be us this morning. For all that God has called them to do and you to do, every challenging transition of life, who is with me? I am that I am, the all-sufficient, almighty God. I will be all that you will ever need me to be. Hmm. I think I could do this job if that's the reality now of my life, the new normal. Come on, somebody. So, So being with Moses, okay, was God also being for Moses, being with Joshua is also God being for Joshua. Saying, as I was the inexhaustible God to Moses, so I'll be that inexhaustible God to you. You can do this, Joshua. So Joshua, still looking at Moses, the mighty prophet, the mighty intellect, the resolute character, and Joshua could still be thinking to himself, yeah, but I, I, I'm not equipped enough to do this. I'm insufficient. I'm inadequate. Like, friends, we feel also. God is saying, I am that I am. I am enough. Whatever you need, friends, whatever transition, whatever daunting circumstances, God is saying, I am enough. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And for you, all that I am, my endless love, my, my mercies new every morning, 
My power that would stagger the mind. I can do more than you would ask or think. I'm all that you need, and I am always myself. God will always be what we need him to be. Friends, do you believe that? I don't know about that side, but this side, you, you believe that? You believe that? Now look at verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I would give them. Now he says, be strong and courageous. Do you think he was weak and fearful? Anybody in the house? Three times in this passage, a couple more times later. Okay, five times? Be strong and courageous. Do you think he, why do you have to hear it over and over and over again? Do you think he was, was in a space there of feeling like a, a, a coward, cowardly, uh, wilting under the, the immensity of his new job description? Do you think he's feeling weak? Yeah. So God says, be strong and courageous to the one who is trembling and full of fear. See, all of that to say this. Watch, friends, watch, watch. God knows you. He knows your frame, and he knows the internal battle going on inside of you. Come on. He, you, he knows that. He knew the internal battle going on inside of Joshua. He spoke words that he needed to hear. God does the same thing to us. I was having this summer on, I take a July study break, and I was having some real doubts. And I'm kind of wired up. I'm, I'm kind of wired up not to be that way. But I was having doubts. And I couldn't shake the doubts. Just the last few weeks. And I felt like I heard God's voice. It changed everything for me. And I heard these words. We can do it. We can do it. I knew it was from God. It changed everything. I thought, yeah, we can do it, God. Like, we can do it. Not like, Rod, you have to. No, it's we. We can do it. And that's what God did for Joshua. I'm going to down. You got to be strong and you got to be courageous. You live in my strength and you live in my courage. And that changes everything. Because why? Joshua was second-guessing himself. Joshua was doubting himself. Joshua was wondering, am I really up to the task? What am I getting myself into? I don't know. And God says, yeah, you can do it. We can do it. Okay, and then watch this. Watch this. For you, how about this? God says, look, Joshua, you're the one. You're the one, and that's, that's an internal reality that God can bring to your life when you're in that space. I don't know if I can do it. God spoke to me that you are the one who will lead the people to possess the land. Only God knows, friends, when we need uh, that affirmation. God says, look, I'm going to be with you. My plan, my will, my program, my resource. I'm going to underwrite the whole thing, Joshua, and you are the one. So, friend, watch. When God asks you to go, like you feel like, yeah, I got to go. Hmm. When God asks you to go, God's not sending you somewhere. God is taking you somewhere. When God says, do this, 
He's not asking you to do something for him. He's promising to do something for you and for what? us. See, we think, oh, God wants something from me and from No, God wants something uh, or, or God wants something for you, not from you, whatever he asks you to do. So be strong and courageous. Again, be strong and very courageous. Watch. Be careful. I'm wrapping this up. Watch this. Be careful. I wonder if sometimes we're not very careful. I just wonder. I just wonder. Be strong and courageous. Then he throws in there. Everything he could throw in there, he says, be careful. To obey. Hmm. Could it be that they weren't very careful to obey? Could that have application to culture today? Church culture today, to, to, be, to Christians today, be careful. Okay, the message I gave you, don't deviate from it. Don't turn one way or the other. You get, then, watch then, you be successful. How many people want to be successful? Come on. Do you want to be successful? Yeah. As a Christ follower? As a husband? As a dad? In your workplace? Serving God? You want to be successful? Look, there it is. Oh, look, there it is. It's right, it's right there. Then you'll be successful. Watch. Next verse. And may this book of instruction, uh, study this book of instruction occasionally, now and then, monthly, annually, oh, uh, continually. To be successful, watch, success is tied to the scriptures. Yeah, I'm just not into it. Okay, I guess you don't ever want to be successful then. Okay, watch. Meditate on it day and night. You mean not just read it. Can I just read it and then I'll be successful? Meditate on it day and night. And then it's going to do something new in you. You'll obey everything written in, written in it. Only then, ah, you mean i got to meditate? There's no, like, escape. No. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Wow. So especially during times of transition, keep your focus on God's Word. It says meditate on God's Word. Now think about this for a sec. Think about this. I'm almost done. What is Joshua? Okay. Does Joshua have anything else to do besides meditate? Two million people, right? Untrained soldiers don't know what the heck they're doing. Clueless. They're not even really soldiers. Totally untrained. Okay, got to come up with all these strategies, train all these people, lead a nation, cross, figure out the Jordan River, figure out Jericho, figure out the giants. And God says, not a, not a, a, a military strategy, because, yeah, what I want you to do is meditate on the Scripture. Like, he must have thought, well, where's the strategy? And God's going, no, Scripture. Okay, this is how you're going to be successful. So what does meditate mean? To bring your life in. In the contact, first of all, me with, with God's word, then get in front of it and ponder it, consider it, contemplate it, go over it again and again so that it begins to affect your mind and the impression of it begins to deepen within you, gets inside you, and the, the truth begins to fasten itself more in your, your memory. And you, you say it literally means in the original language to mutter. Stop muttering. Okay, you're kind of muttering it and saying it. So in times of transition, friends, there's, don't forget, there's the power of God's Word. The power of God's Word. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. So friends, this is the Word of the Lord.
This is the new normal that God wants to download when we're facing difficult times, transition, daunting circumstances, uh, where we don't feel like we can do it. What, what do we have? We have the power of God's word, meditating on it. Okay, we have the power of that. We have the principle okay, of, of God's presence. We have the principle of God's purpose and plan and, uh, and that God is with us. And so I'm going to pray. The band's going to come up. And we are going to transition to conclude. And Father, thank you for our time here today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. How awesome is your word. And Father, thank you that as we encounter uh, transitions and challenging circumstances in life where we feel like we're drowning, we thank you for your promises. Uh, for whatever challenge that we face today, that you are, I am that I am. Everything that we will ever need for the things that we face today in school or the job market or moving out of state or losing a loved one or whatever challenges we face, we know that you are at work, that you are with us and for us and that you have a plan and you have a purpose and we have your presence that you are with us. We have the power of your word. We have your promise as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And Lord, as you would say, as I've been with people across the generations, to the community of people that have gathered at Sanctuary Church and online, I promise that I will be with them, but not only with them, but for them. And I am all that you will ever need me to be. And I am always myself. We thank you, Lord. We pray that your word would be sealed in our hearts and everyone agreed by saying, amen.